That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hey everybody, this is On a Mother Level. I'm Denise. How's it going, everybody? We are back with a brand new episode today, and this episode is a little Father's Day edition of On a Mother Level. But before that, I want to talk about some other important things that are happening this week. So, number one, as this episode comes out, today is my husband and I's ninth wedding anniversary. Nine years, people, which I think is really really cool. Um, I don't know. I just remember when you were, you know, like dating people in high school and you thought it was cool that you were together for three months. So now when I think back at the fact that I've known this person for 15 years, we've been married for nine of them. We have two kids. It just feels like such a big accomplishment, especially when you survive quarantine together. And I know I've talked to a lot of friends who talk about the way quarantine has really impacted their marriages. And I'm not going to lie, quarantine was tough for us too. Uh, it was really good in a lot of ways. And I feel like I want to talk about that in a future episode of On a Mother Level is where does everybody's marriage stand after the insanity of the lockdown? So for Turner and I, we have, we spent a ton of years long distance when we first got together and my job hours have always been wonky. So I would say this three month period of time is the most time we've really spent together, you know, on a day to day basis because I'm home at night and I'm working from home. So I feel like we could really dive into that in a future episode. So if you're listening to this and you're a married couple and you wanna break it down on a mother level and talk about marriage and quarantine, send me a message because I think that would be really fun. Um, I'm not like a marriage counselor or anything. I just think it would be fun. So there's that. So happy nine years to me and Turner. Yay. Um, tomorrow. So we're also in this crazy period of um, the world where on top of COVID, we are also, um, you know, horrified and outraged by the death of George Floyd. And we are taking this opportunity as a nation to figure out what we can do better. And it's a period of listening and learning. And I wanted to talk about something that I've just learned about. And perhaps I should be ashamed that I just learned about. And I hope that our kids learn about it. Um, because it I don't recall it ever being in the history books for me in school. Um, but June 19th, the holiday known as Juneteenth. Have you heard of Juneteenth before? I know I've heard of it, but sometimes I feel like it maybe just got lost in the shuffle of National Cupcake Day and whatever, where you just kind of assume based on the name that it's, 
you know, just a silly made up holiday or something. So I'm going to take a moment and talk to you about Juneteenth. Um, I think it's important, especially in this moment in our um, country's progress. And also, I... Um, I noticed that a lot of companies are starting to recognize Juneteenth as a company holiday. And so this is just a little bit of the research that I've done on what Juneteenth is all about. And so some of this is coming from a variety of websites, um, mainly the website Juneteenth.com. Okay, so Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. Dating back to 1865, it was on June 19th that Union soldiers landed at Galveston, Texas with the news that the war had ended and the enslaved were now free. Note that this happened two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. Two and a half years. That was January 1st, 1863. This is now June 19th, 1865, I believe. So... Um, you, you know, just messages and information was not anywhere near what it is now. So the Emancipation Proclamation itself had very little impact on Texans because of the number of Union troops that could enforce this new executive order. Later attempts to explain this two and a half year delay, apparently um, there's some legends and lore regarding it. One is the story of a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with that news. Another is that the news was deliberately withheld to maintain the labor force on the plantations. There's another um, urban legend, I guess you could say, that federal troops waited for slave owners to reap the benefits of one last harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth.com notes that all or none of these versions could be true. Um, regardless, on Juneteenth, the reactions to this profound news ranged from shock to jubilation. Even with nowhere to go, many of the enslaved felt that leaving the plantation would be their first grasp of freedom, and so the North was a logical destination. A lot of people trying to hook up with their family members in neighboring states headed to Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and the Juneteenth celebration became a time of reassuring one another, praying and gathering and finding family members to observe this time. Juneteenth continued to be highly revered in Texas decades later, with many former slaves and descendants making an annual pilgrimage back to Galveston on this date. And even to this day, Galveston has a huge Juneteenth celebration. So how do you celebrate Juneteenth? So I'm told that Juneteenth almost always focuses on education and self-improvement. Guest speakers are a part of the celebration, a lot of prayer part of it as well. Um, dress is apparently an important element of Juneteenth customs. During slavery, there were laws on the books in many areas prohibiting or limiting what the enslaved could wear. And so during the early days of the emancipation, there were accounts of former slaves tossing their garments into rivers and adorning themselves with clothing taken from their plantations. Um, the next part they talk about is Juneteenth and society. Like, so where did it go from here? Well, in the early years, there was not a lot of interest outside the African-American community to participate in Juneteenth, and sometimes public property wasn't allowed to be used for the festivities, so they would be banished to rural areas or around rivers and creeks where there would be fishing and horseback riding and barbecues. Church grounds were often used for Juneteenth celebrations. 
Eventually, as African Americans became landowners, that land was donated specifically for Juneteenth festivities. Apparently, one of the earliest documented land purchases was in Houston, Texas, and that is now what is known as Emancipation Park. At some point, though, um, the Juneteenth celebrations declined. Economic and cultural forces led to a decline in Juneteenth activities and participants. Beginning in the early 1900s, classroom textbooks proclaimed Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. That was the date signaling the end of slavery, but they didn't seem to mention what happened in Galveston on June 19th. More ties to Texas in 1980, Juneteenth was the first state where it became an official state holiday, thanks to the efforts of a state lawmaker named Al Edwards. The successful passage of his bill marked Juneteenth as the first emancipation celebration granted official state recognition. Al Edwards said, A national celebration of Juneteenth, state by state, serves a similar purpose for us. Every year we must remind successive generations that this event triggered a series of events that, one by one, defines the challenges and responsibilities of successive generations. That's why we need this holiday. In my research, I found out that Edwards actually died this year. Less than two months ago, it was the end of April. He died of natural causes at 83 years old. Since the work of Al Edwards, though, 41 other states, plus Washington, D.C., have recognized Juneteenth as a state holiday or holiday observance. Today, Juneteenth is enjoying what this website says is a phenomenal growth rate in communities and organizations. The Smithsonian, the Henry Ford Museum, um, and others are sponsoring Juneteenth activities. Juneteenth today celebrates African-American freedom and achievement, encouraging continuous self-development and respect for all cultures. As it takes on a more symbolic, even global perspective, the events of 1865 in Texas are not forgotten, for all the roots tie back to this fertile soil from which a national day of pride is growing. Juneteenth says, the future looks bright as the number of cities creating Juneteenth committees continues to increase, and create new bonds of friendship and understanding between us. So Juneteenth, I hope you think of that tomorrow. And um, I certainly learned about why it's an important day to recognize. And I'm happy that my company is recognizing it along with many others in our community as well. So um, that's Juneteenth, June 19th. The other holiday that's coming up is Father's Day. And so that's where my interview comes in today. So I am interviewing, his name is Yo Phelps, like Y-O, Yo, it's a nickname. Yo Phelps is a realtor in the Quad Cities and he is on the next season, season 20 of the Food Network show, Worst Cooks in America. If you haven't heard of this show, it takes 12 or 15, somewhere in their contestants, who are very, very bad at cooking. And so you'll hear about why he submitted his um, application and why he's such a terrible cook. They go to a culinary boot camp and they compete for a cash prize of $25,000. Um, the recruits are trained in things like baking and knife skills, how to season things, prepare things, and then they're all hoping to get to the final challenge of cooking a restaurant quality 
three course meal for three food critics. So it's kind of neat um, to hear that someone from the Quad Cities is competing on Worst Cooks in America. The very first episode will air on the Food Network starting on Sunday, so we'll get that information to you at the end of the episode. But we want to show a little hometown love for Yo Phelps. Um, he was really fun to talk to, and he has an interesting family story. He is about to get married to his fiance. Together they have seven kids, so he talks about the Brady Bunch plus one, as he calls them. And so, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. This is on a mother level, but we all know that on a father level is important too, and they play such an important role in our kids' lives because I don't really feel like getting beaten up by my two children all day long, but Turner will wrestle with my two animals all day and um, get kicked in the head, and, you know, he's fine with it. So that's what dads are all about. Happy Father's Day, happy Juneteenth, and happy anniversary to me, us, me, us. All right, here we go with Yo Phelps. I was told very limited information about you. So here's what I was told, all right? It says, Yo is getting married soon and will live in a home with seven children between him and his new wife. And he's just now realizing how bad he is in the kitchen. Growing up a military brat, he lived all over the world but never gained any cooking skills. Although you're capable of boiling a hot dog until it literally catches fire. Is that a true story? <laughs> These are all accurate things. <laughs> okay. So you really have boiled a hot dog until it caught fire? I have, yeah. Actually, oh, my there's gosh. About, there's like six of them in the pot. And when I was boiling the water, I uh, got distracted, which, you know, tends to happen with me. Uh, if I don't stay <laughs> focused on the task at hand, I'll, I'll go off on tangents and uh, walked away from it. And... Next thing I know, the fire alarm's going, the smoke detector's going off, and I'm coming back, and hot dogs are on fire in an empty pan with no water. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't like a fire department situation, was it? No, thank God, no. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tell me a little bit about your family then, so that you have a wedding coming up soon. Yeah, uh, so my fiance Jamie, uh, she has six children, and I have one of my own. Okay. Uh, so together we're like the Brady Bunch plus one. Yeah. Um, just we just don't have a maid, which would be nice. Uh, so that would be nice if Alice was there to cook the meals and clean the house, but we don't have that. That's us. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm not really. Uh, I'm I'm not good at the whole helping with the food thing. I can eat it, but I'm yeah. not real good at the preparing it, and I I don't think I really want to eat what I prepare. So. <laughs> So do you, um, you said you have one child, son or daughter? I have a daughter. Uh, okay. She, she's going to be 17 here on the 30th. Okay. Uh, a junior in, at West. She'll be a senior next year. Excellent. And uh, we have, uh, together, we have our uh, our youngest one. He has just turned 12, and he is full of energy. And then we have a uh, 14-year-old. We have. Uh, 15-year-old, Maddie is 17. Uh, we have another 17-year-old, but she'll be 18 here in October. Uh, and then we have a 19-year-old, and we have a 21-year-old. Wow, okay. So you're really, I mean, you're really in the thick of it with the teenagers. Oh, yeah, and they know everything. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get connected with this show in the first place? So 
we watch Food Network quite a bit. Um, and Jamie saw that they were accepting cast members for Worst Cooks in America, and so she thought it would be hilarious to nominate me. Mm-hmm. Never thinking that it would, you know, it would ever happen. I mean, there was twenty five thousand, I think, total applicants for it, and fourteen out of the twenty five thousand got picked. So, oh wow, they they must have saw the need for me, uh, <laughs> that or the comedic value that they may have on TV. <laughs> so, what is your day job then? So, I'm a I'm a realtor. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Since 2012. Before that, I was with Walmart for 16 years. So. Okay. So how was quarantine living, trying to um, keep up with real estate and stuff? Where did you stay pretty busy or no? Uh, it was it was okay. Um, you know, it was uncertainty. Obviously, mm-hmm. people didn't. You know, nobody really wanted to go out and interact and touch things and go into people's homes and not know is it safe or is it not safe. Uh, so and that that definitely limited some things. And being that I'm licensed on both sides of the river, you know, there's different rules in Illinois than in Iowa because we were a little oh, bit right. more open in Iowa, and Illinois was like closed down. So you know, that, that kind of hits about half of your uh, business from just switching from the other side of the river. So right, gotta, yeah, you know, we have a huge area like that. And then you know, with with the whole other. Uh, Black Lives Matter and, and riots that were happening in town, there's a lot of uncertainty. So some people, right. that that was a, a time for them to pause on the whole house buying or selling situation. And, and we're starting to see it jump back up now, so that's always good. Right, right. So, um, you know, when I was told that you'd be available to talk to me, the the theme was sort of, you know, really everyone needs somebody to root for and that, you know, the Quad Cities really needs to throw some – some hometown love behind a local dad and, um, you know, a terrible, terrible cook. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, and he needs all the support he can get, trust me. <laughs> so um, you said you watch Food Network quite a bit. Are you like a reality TV show guy in general or? Yeah, you know, I like I like the, the reality shows. I like, uh, like the America's Got Talent and the voice and things like that. It's just, it, to me, it's real life-ish. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to think too hard about it. I either like it or I don't like it. I don't have to really follow a plot line or a twist. I just enjoy it and just kind of relax and unwind. So what, I mean, what were your expectations then going into being part of a reality show? It, it was it was a, a little unnerving at first. Because, you know, you know how to... I guess you try to be yourself, but when you got cameras in your face and, you know, mics on yourself and you all these other personalities around you, it, it, you know, it's a little daunting at, at first. I mean, you start to roll with it after a while, but it, 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 yeah, at first it's just seems surreal almost. And then you start thinking about how many people are watching you and you're like, oh no, I don't want to make myself <laughs> look like an idiot on TV, but, you know, my skills are going to help with that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or lack thereof, I guess I should say. So the whole purpose of the show is you're competing in these challenges, ultimately trying to improve your cooking skills, right? Correct. Yeah, you want – we basically go in with, like, no skills whatsoever. And and they're all the way down to the point of teaching us how to to use a knife correctly, how to cut correctly, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how to – 
prep your meal, how to read a basic recipe. These are all things that, for me, has never been something like I, like I grasp, especially like a recipe, because I have to follow along with it. And like I said, I go off on tangents and something will happen. My phone will ring, a song will come on, maybe I start dancing or something, or singing <laughs> along with it, and I lose my place where I'm at. I may leave, you know, three or four things out of that recipe I was supposed to do, so it's never going to turn out right. <laughs> and what about Jamie? Does she do the cooking mostly? Is she a good cook? Yeah, so Jamie actually runs a bakery out of our home. Uh, no so kidding. She can not only bake, she can also cook very well, thank God, or else the kids will be eating cereal and McDonald's every night. <laughs> <laughs> so why, like, what do you think it was that made your application stand out among thousands of other people? Well, it's probably my it was probably my audition video that I had to do. Um, what did you do in the video? Uh, I had to cook a meal from scratch. Um, I don't know if I would call it a meal that actually came out of it, but uh, it, it gave them an idea of, of my personality. It gave them an idea of, of my lack of cooking skills, and, and yeah, you know, is it somebody we think that you know would be a good fit for the show and. I guess a uh, large bearded bald guy with no cooking skills that has no discernible <laughs> uh, skill whatsoever in the kitchen is is exactly what they're looking for. <laughs> what was the meal that you made in the uh, audition video? Uh, I, I I made a hybrid. Um, I, I, I made a meatloaf, but I, I attempted to, you know, kick it up that notch and make it a pizza loaf by having some uh, tomatoes and mozzarella cheese and some oregano seasoning, uh, like Italian and oregano seasoning in the uh, in the middle of it. And uh, it, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. Well, how did you screw it up? Um. Well, again, I was <laughs> even in working on my video. Wandered notes, away. I was, there, I was there to cook. Um, the smoke detector went off, and I knew it was probably done at that point because, okay. yeah, it was. it wasn't good. <laughs> Plus, I use things like you know, like a blender and, and a food processor, things that I wouldn't, I really have no business using. Um, I was surprised when they actually gave me knives on the set because generally I'll use scissors. So oh, uh, knives, knives are a little scary. Uh, I like, I have ten fingers. I'd like to keep it to ten fingers, uh, but you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot every time I pick up a knife and try to do something. So. And so how many other contestants were there? Counting myself, there was a total of 14. Okay. Were you surprised that they could find 14 other people who were just as bad at cooking as you were? You know, you ask yourself that a lot. You know, am I, <laughs> am I the worst? Um, surely there can't be anybody worse than me. Uh, and, you know, you find that you have you have brothers and sisters out there that are exactly like you. And... They're all, they're all trying to do the same thing. I mean, they want to win $25,000. They want to learn how to uh, actually prepare a meal that they can share with their husbands, their children, their significant other, uh, their parents. And, and, yeah. and, you know, actually, I don't know, be an adult and actually take care of yourself. And that's hard for her. I never really took the time out to learn that. My mom always prepared everything. And when Jamie and I got together, you know, she – cooks everything so i didn't have to right but that you know that that puts a, a lot of weight on her 
to have to take care of the family and, and do the cooking and do that stuff, you know. Why does, you know, when she's sick, you know, we're eating cereal or we're eating out because otherwise we're going to have more sick people in the house, honestly. When it's made properly, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite meal? I like steak and potatoes a lot. There you go. Uh-huh. If I, you know, if it if it can be cooked on a grill or in a smoker, barbecue. I mean, that's I love I love to eat those kind of foods. I love to try new foods. I just don't have the skill set to to make them all. <laughs> what are some of your favorite places here in the Quad Cities? Uh, well, if I'm going for pizza, I love Low Pies. Oh uh, yeah, that's probably one of the one of the best pizza places in town. I I absolutely love that. Uh, I love the Brazilian Steakhouse for their steak and their salad bar that they have. I have not tried that place. Oh, it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. And the worst part is you just keep eating until you're done. Oh, right. They have a little card on the table. It's got a green side and a red side. And when you turn that card over to green, they just start bringing meat out to you. They just keep (laughs) going and going and going. And, you know, you, you, you eat until you get the meat sweats, basically. And then you decide, you know, do I keep pushing it or do I turn that card over and surrender? If I'm looking for like a good, good sub sandwich, I love Arthur's over on the other side of the river. Oh yeah. Uh, I love the, I love their sandwiches. The bread just kind of melts in your mouth, which is, which is always fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it really depends on what I'm in the mood for. Okay. What do you think your kids are going to say about watching you? on the show come Sunday? Well, I think they're going to get a kick out of it because anytime you get a chance to to have dad look like a fool in some way, (laughs) that's always good. Uh, (laughs) My daughter says that all of her friends are super excited about it. I'm I'm like a, I'm like a little bit of a legend for them right now because they know it's going to be uh, on TV. And I said, well, I think you could set your sights a little higher. (laughs) <laughs> than me cooking on a show, but hey, if that's what if that's what you like, then fantastic. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> Is there like a little watch party planned? What um what yeah we're gonna have a big premiere night about? Yeah, we're gonna have a little watch party with some family and friends uh, down at the diner, uh, down on River Drive above the the Frey House Farmers Market. Yeah. So we'll be doing a little watch party down there for that, and. Uh, you know, see how the first episode goes, right? You know, do I make it through? Do I get cut? Who knows? You don't know until you right. watch it. Mean, I know, obviously, I know. Right. So, I mean, this is something you've had to keep secret from your family, or, or do they know? Yeah, my family doesn't even know how, how much it happened. Obviously, Jamie knows because she's taking care of the house while I'm gone. Right. Uh, but nobody knows how far or how little I, I went in the show. Nobody yeah. knows. Nobody knows how much I'll be on the show. I I don't even know how much I'll be on the show because obviously we aren't going to see it until until they bring it out. You know, maybe you know they're not going to catch all the stupid stuff I did. I, I'm I'm sure they will because there was cameras on everybody. So right, they, they, there's very little things the camera misses. The chance the thing is, do they want to exploit that or not? Right, right. Did I mean what were the other contestants like? Did like what was there a lot of camaraderie? Did um you know do you become friends at the end? Is it super competitive? What was the vibe? Well, I gotta tell you, it, it was it was the weirdest thing because you go in as as fourteen complete strangers, but I gotta say they're probably some of my closest friends at this point. We talk all 
all the time. Like we're constantly texting each other, calling each other, Zoom meetings. Um, it's just that, you know, it's just you were in the trenches together. I mean, you're all yeah. – and we're all from different backgrounds in life and, and from different, you know, geographical locations on in the country. But we all had the same thing in, in common, that we were there to try to learn to better ourselves. And you, you kind of – you laugh at each other's mistakes and you make jokes and you just have a good time. And it, it was, uh, it was definitely a bonding experience. Probably one of the top 10. It's definitely my top 10 list of things I got to do in my life. That's uh, very to learn cool. How, to learn how to cook from a couple of the, of the probably largest influences in, in the culinary world is, is absolutely amazing. And, you know, have to pay for that. I don't even know how much you'd have to pay to do something like that. Right. And um, are you allowed to say where it was filmed? Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they stopped that because Food Network has two studios. They have a West Coast and an East Coast. I was on the East Coast at that time. Okay. So I mean, I was in New York uh, when we filmed. And is it one of those situations where all the contestants live in a house together, or uh, all separated? We were actually at a hotel together. Okay. Yeah, I think when I think when Worst Cooks first took off, they may have done like a group house. I, I think they kind of like to have people in their separate rooms. And there's a lot. You you have long days. Uh, the, it's it's definitely long days of, of training and cooking, and you just sometimes need to go back and just relax in your, on your own. I see. Yeah. Um. So. I'm trying to think of what else uh, what else we can talk about without having seen you yet on the show. I mean, what overall, what are you expecting people's impressions to be of, of your time on the show? Or how do you want people to, to see you afterwards? I guess uh, for us, um, we, and we've talked about this, the other cast members, I, I think this shows, and the fact that they push it up so quickly, it wasn't supposed to air until after the Olympics. And obviously with the Olympics being canceled uh, and everything that's going on in the world right now, yeah. to have some, just some humor and some, and some comedy come in, you know, even if it's at our expense, that's fine. I think the world just kind of needs it. Our country definitely needs it right now. Yeah. And if they, you know, if they got to laugh at me and, and, and how bad I am at doing it and that. And that brings a smile through their face, and they're forgetting about other things that are going on. Then that's okay. I'm good. With yeah, that. I'm good with that. If I, I'm going to make the biggest impression I can make uh, with however much time I had on it. So. Yeah. So the show is going to be premiering on Father's Day, and then so, so let's talk a little bit about um, your life as a dad. So how like how has it been melding your families together with so many kids? Um, and, and, you know, adding your daughter to the mix. You know, people ask that all the time, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you handle seven kids at one time? Just like you handle one or two or three. I mean, you just do it. I mean, are we constantly on the go with different events? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a controlled chaos. <laughs> um, but, you know, we have kids that are older and kids that are younger, and older kids can help watch younger kids while we're running other ones to different places. So it, it's, it. And we have we have a great support system with grandparents and everything. So it's, we call it the village. <laughs> uh, 
we have our village elders that'll come in and help out with things uh, if we if we're going on a trip or if we're, we we got to take a couple kids one way and we don't want to leave the other ones alone. Uh, so it works out really well. As far as blending a family together, I mean, if there's love there, I think anything's possible. How did you and Jamie meet? Well, we actually met each other a couple times. Uh, when I was at Walmart, I was over uh, 12 different stores at the time, and she worked in one of the stores. And, you know, I knew her and she knew me, but we really didn't know each other. Uh, and then I had went to uh, do some training for SiriusXM, and she happened to be working in one of their call centers. And so, you know, I saw her there again, and it, we didn't really think anything of it. Uh, and then I thought I would be a, a great son and bake my mom a cake. And so I bought three cake mixes and I bought three <laughs> nine by those little nine inch uh, circular cake pans, the disposable ones. And I put a cake mix in, e in each one, which apparently that's not how you do it. Uh, so when I baked them, uh, it overflowed into the oven. The oven caught on fire. Smoke was all through the house. My daughter, Madison, <laughs> is, you know, scared because of smoke, and I'm opening up windows and doors. Uh, needless to say, the cake didn't turn out. So <laughs> <laughs> my idea was, well, how about I just run up to Hy-Vee, beg the people in the bakery to maybe sell me some of those, some of the plain round cake, and I'll frost it with the frosting that I bought. Okay. Well, when I got there to uh, the Hy-Vee to do that, Jamie was actually the person working in the bakery at the time, and she helped me out and sold me some uh, blank cake rounds, and we kind of started talking after that point and just went from there. Interesting. So she kept, well, she kept showing up in my life everywhere. So I think it's kind of you start to think, you're, you know, you're supposed to be with somebody when they keep showing up. Right, right. That's interesting. Um, what else, is there anything else that you want to talk about related to your experience on the show that I maybe wouldn't know to ask? Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, is it real? You know, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. everything you see on the show, is it real? It absolutely is real. I mean, everything that you're seeing is happening and it's, it's not made up for TV. Uh, you know, you ask yourself that surely they didn't do that. No, no, they really do that. They really make those mistakes. They you really see fires start on the pans and towels and everything else. It it happens. Trust me, you're gonna yeah. see it as you watch the show. And if you've ever seen the show before, you always ask yourself, man, they're not that bad. I mean, they're acting, right? No, it's not acting. It's it's real. And that's to me that was the best part. I was like, you know, I'm thinking I'm gonna go in there. There's gonna be these people that can actually really cook. And I'm going to be going fast. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Oh, and okay. You were afraid other people were faking it? Absolutely. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you always think. You know, sure. Sometimes you know, you can't really be as bad as I am. And they really are. So, I mean, it was it was great. It was just to watch people grow uh, from day one was fantastic. I mean, I learned so many skill sets day one. It, it, it was amazing. You know, it's like magic, you know, when, when the chefs are showing you how to do stuff, you you just sit there in awe. And then yeah. you actually get to try their food. And you're like, you know, you're trying food that from, you know, Amber L and, and Chef Alex Bernicelli. I mean, these are 
two of the top names in the industry, and you have the ability to try their food that they're making, and it's amazing. Yeah, that in itself is a once in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would do it again for sure. Yeah, is your reality TV career over with this show, or will we see you appear on something else? I mean, you, you know, can't be I'm, on The Bachelor anymore, but. Well, and I don't think they'd want me on The Bachelor. I, I've already found mine, so I don't. I don't really feel the need to go right. on the show. Right. But to say that I wouldn't do another one, I think would be far fetched. But I would absolutely try to do another one. Um, if the experience is anything like this, I would. I would try a hundred times on it because it was just an amazing, amazing time. So yeah, I mean, I'll. I'll I'll sign up for more, obviously, and see if see if it goes somewhere. If it doesn't, then you know I'm pretty happy with what I what I did get. So, so do you go now from worst cooks in America now to Top Chef? Is that the natural progression? I I don't think you can go from worst cooks to anything real culinary. <laughs> um, I, I guess it depends. It, it depends on, on how great your skill sets uh, improve. You know, obviously, after the show, you you, you have this layer, and yeah, you know, it doesn't matter how far you make it through the show. You learn a new you learn new skills as you're there. Yeah. And uh, you want to come back home and and show off kind of what you learned, and and maybe impress the your loved ones that you know they can actually eat this and not just laugh at it or throw it away. So have you done that? Have you changed some people's minds about your cooking ability? Uh, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I'm still, I'm still not taking over the executive chef position at the house. I can tell you that. Right. But uh, you know, I I I have definitely gotten better than where I was before, and uh, that's exciting. And Jamie and I have now uh, started things with cooking together, and. Uh, Thank God she's there because she keeps me on task and asks me, you know, pertinent questions like, did you add sugar to that or salt to that? Or, And I said, was I supposed to? And she goes, did you see right there in the recipe where it says to do it? I said, no, I didn't. I missed it. So, you know, it's good. She she keeps me on my toes. But I think if, if I were to go unsupervised, uh, it might be iffy. I might be able to make you some grilled cheese pretty safely. Yeah. Because it's not so much the cooking ability for you. It sounds like it's purely distraction. It's purely just a little ADD happening. Yeah, I would say that's a, <laughs> that's a big that's a big part of it. Uh, but you know that's that's my personality. It's, it's, yeah, I'm. I love to have fun. I love to. I love people and talking to people and, and singing and dancing and just having a good time. And you you I guess it's a give and take. I can't be perfect at everything. So that's. That's what I'm not perfect at. As long as somebody can help me along with it, I'm willing to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just may not be the best. Are you prepared at this point for your real estate clients to say, hey, you're that guy on the Food Network. Are you prepared to get recognized? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm ready for that. I'm also ready to, uh, for the, you know, I might be, I might have been one of the worst cooks in America, but I can definitely help you find a nice kitchen and a great house, right? Hey, there you go. <laughs> so I mean I just I think it'll I think it'll definitely help help when you're in when you're in the when you're in the public side. Sure. Uh, Food Network has a, a vast reach. I, I think I believe it's like almost five million watchers of it. I don't I don't yeah. know how many watched the 
the worst cooks itself, but I know there's a large there's a large uh, following. So, you know, if it, if it helps me, and I, you know, and all I had to do was, was you know, show them how much of a fool I am in the kitchen at times, and that helps my career. Then okay, you know, it's yeah. a give and a take. It's a give and a take. That works. All right, y'all. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. The Quad Cities will definitely be rooting for you. Tell people when they can watch the show. So season premiere is Father's Day. That's this Sunday, uh-huh. uh, June 21st at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I believe the first episode is an hour and a half long. So, okay. you know, plenty of time to, to watch me make a fool of myself uh, and see some uh, – See some fun comedic things, you know, at a time right now when I think we need it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully I will get to meet you maybe when we figure out when um, when uh, when your run on the show is over or what the results are, and we can, we can chat again and we can get into the nitty-gritty of the show. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.